Hello and welcome back to Into the Movieverse. We have a banger here for you today, everybody. Cody and I are reviewing yet another Robert Pattinson movie with Willem Dafoe. You might have heard of it. You might have not. It's called The Lighthouse. Welcome to episode 15. Episode 15, wow. We are very excited to be with you today uh, talking about this whirlwind of a movie. Um, so without further ado, let's hop straight into it. Um, I believe we have somewhat of a layout today. To plot the style of the movie, theories, and then we'll go into our thoughts. So starting off, I guess, with the plot slash the story. You talk a little bit about this, Cody. Because did you watch this a second time, by the way? I did not yet, but I still plan on watching it a second time because I think this is like Tenet in the sense of you get more appreciation and you'll see more detail by watching it multiple times. So this is about two lighthouse keepers in the late 1890s or in the 1890s, and they start their four-week shift together. Is the first time they've met, and it's about their adventure and the chaos that ensues during the four-week period. Um, and that's as far as I'm going to say without spoiling it for now. We'll probably get into it, but it's definitely very unique. The film is shot in a square. It's not widescreen. It has a very unique perspective, black and white, and I, th- and I really love that. I feel like that really lends to the, to the style of the movie. Like, I was so captured by it at the beginning. The acting is phenomenal. So if we're going to be talking about any problems with this movie, the acting is not one of them. It's just William Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson killed it. So, yeah, it was filmed in 4x3. Four, four and um, they used Panavision Millennium XL2 cameras which were equipped with vintage 1930 Baltar lens and black and white Eastman double X 5222 film. Oh, so it? that's that's how you got that like was- grainy texture um and sort of that like vibe of the whole movie. So it was authentic. Um, it wasn't like a post, you know, a post effect to make it look yeah. right. That's cool. I'm that's sure they cool. added some stuff in at the end, but like for the most part yeah they did it pretty much authentic which it did kind of give me that like feel like it kind of it kind of looks like it was just set up to be that way Mm. and what i kind of found interesting was like when they're kind of when they're walking up to the lighthouse for the first time they're switching out the people um and they just kind of stare at you for a little bit yeah they're looking at the ship behind us yeah yeah um i mean well you're also kind of looking at them to see how they were beforehand mm. because you're going to see end up seeing what happens to them um yeah but i i guess like a lot of what the review like not not the review but like a lot of what you read about this movie um like the description they don't give you much mm. it, it's yeah the i had read an article that robert pattinson was pretty much like they were pretty much um, telling everyone before its release it was a comedy. And there are really funny moments in this <laughs> movie, but it's really... I th- like, 
I thought it was a comedy. I thought it was a drama, a comedy. There was no sign of it being what it truly is. And I guess we'll get right into spoilers here. It's basically a psychological horror film. And the cool thing is, not only... Well, what I found amazing was not only did I not know it was a psychological horror, but all it took was the tone of the movie and the way it was filmed to let me know that while watching. Like, I knew it wasn't a comedy a couple minutes in. You start to... You start to see all these details and what's going on you're like wait a minute this is something is off here and it gets really creepy really fast and it's not like it's it's not in your face you know i didn't actually think it was a comedy yeah well that's i mean maybe maybe I, you went into it thinking it was did you see that interview beforehand or after after because i i actually oh, okay. did like I didn't know anything about it besides there was going to be like humorous moments in it i didn't think it was like a full-on like like full-on comedy jokes all the way i thought it was still a drama but i was told i was told that that's what it was um so it 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 was totally not what i expected in a really good way Uh, because i'm not i'm not a horror film person i barely watch any someone like i i don't watch them alone i would never go see one unless someone suggested it so this was very different for me like i i was on the plane and like, I don't watch horror, but I was like, let me try to, like, watch the new Scream. And I had, like, 30 minutes left in my flight. And I kind of just stopped watching it and, like, <laughs> did something else. Because I guess, like, Scream's not really, like, I don't know. Isn't it? Isn't Scream sort of one of those, like, riffs on, like, the horror genre? No, Scream like, is, like, one of the original classic horror movies. Like the Scream- I didn't really, like... The, the new one but uh, other than that like i've seen I, some of the originals now i was um yeah this this is sort of a different take on on horror and this is directed by um robert eggers who has directed the witch which mm. i know nothing about uh, all i know um, is that the reason Robert Pattinson seeked this director out to do this movie was because he watched The Witch and he's like, I want to do something like this. I want to do something totally off the rails and different. And so he, he told the director... And he, it seems like this director loves the past. Like, he, mm. the, the Witch is 1630s. The Lighthouse is 1890s. Mm. So it's, it's really interesting how he likes going back in time. Um... I did you watch this movie with subtitles? I did not. I watched it with subtitles. Mm. Um, just because right off the bat, I knew they were talking way too low, and I just I couldn't sit there and not have him on. Um, and it helped me kind of understand a little bit more of what was going on. Mm. Um, but this this movie just takes you for a whirlwind, like. I want to talk about the plot, but at the same time, it's sort of like, I don't know how. <laughs> I mean, I, I can kind of go into it. Uh, basically, there's so much detail to this. Like, I guess the best way to sum it up is that, you know, at the beginning, we know nothing about the Keepers. That We know there, we right. know that there's, there's two of them. Robert Pattinson plays a younger, this is his first time doing this job. And Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas, is an expert. He's been doing this his whole life. He's, like, lost his family to it because he's so committed to, to this uh, work. Um, and then we slowly learn more and more 
about each character in very interesting ways. Sometimes it seems to be a dream state. Sometimes it mm -hmm. seems to be hallucinations. It's hard to tell in a fun way. It's hard to tell what's real and what's not real when it's happening. Um, and then you learn some really dark secrets about both characters and you can't tell who's going crazy. One like if spoilers here, I guess we're just full spoilers anyway. There's a point where Robert Pattinson's character tries to escape with an axe. And in I'm he I'm sorry, he tries to escape with the boat to leave yep. the, the island and Willem Dafoe's character bashes up the boat and chases him with an axe. But once they're inside and Willem's trying to calm Robert Pattinson down, he says, you're so crazy you try to chase me with an axe. And so you can't tell who's the one going crazy. Gaslighting him. You can't tell if he's manipulating him. And I guess we'll never know that because from the point of view of the movie, we're in Robert Pattinson Thomas's mind and we can't tell what's real, what's not real, just like, just like he can't. You know? And there, you know, right. I, and I think there's a lot of there's really deep meanings in this movie that are, you just can't comprehend with a watch. You know, you have to like do a little research. Um, and there's a lot of little details, like the mermaids, the little mermaid doll, and no one knows who put it there. You you can't tell if Willem's lying. If he had killed his previous second hand, the previous keeper, couldn't tell if that was an hallucination or if that was real. Um, what's in the, I feel like, what's I in feel the like was the big he, one. He would have done that, though. Yeah, no, I mean, by because the end of it, it's just hard I, to tell. I feel like Defoe's character did drive him mad. And, like, I feel like that was sort of the vicious cycle. Yeah. Like, before we even hop into theories. Um, like, at least from my perspective, some people are saying, okay, um... You know, like, I don't know. Because watching it, if you just watch it for what it is, hmm. it's, without taking into, like, that deep context, it's like, okay, you're watching Willem Dafoe's character basically, like, lie to this other guy, force him to, like, do the same thing over and over again, has him do the dirty work, never rewards him with going up into, like, the lighthouse space and just continuously drives them mad and like i i mean yeah we also have no an older clue. guy so i guess it's harder to like if we don't know who the other guy was we also don't know who what's in the lighthouse that's like the main mystery of this movie is what is in the lighthouse right um and there's a lot of different ways of looking at it based on the theories and it's just so interesting because we also see we, you know, there's also, like, a lot of sexual stuff in this movie, which seems to be just, like, sexual tension because of them being stranded alone on an island. Mm -hmm. And you see Willem Dafoe's character, like, naked up in the lighthouse. And then you also see Robert Pattinson's character going crazy and having uh, hallucinations about mermaids. Yeah. Um, Self-gratification. Yeah, and that plays a big part in this. And then also, you don't know what's in the lighthouse. You don't, we There's one scene where you see a monster up there. Mm -hmm. um, and the sound design in this movie really lends to it, too. It's really creepy. Um, and he also, Robert Pattinson's character, the crime he committed, killing, you know, either killing or not helping one of his woodworkers up in Canada. And you mm -hmm. see, there's some flashbacks where he, he says 
to Willem Dafoe's character, I just let it happen. I didn't actually kill him. But there's a flashback where whoever's in the first-person view of the hallucination is carrying a giant log spike and pointing it at a log worker. So it looks like like Robert Pattinson's, Robert Pattinson's character could have killed him and then, you know, took this job to escape that mental stress of what happened in Canada. Right. And so, like, they're both... In the sense that they're, you know, it looks like if you believe, if you believe everything was true and it's not just hallucinations, it's just two murderers on an island going insane, you know, because of being stranded. That was another really interesting point to me. I loved when he was like, so I guess Robert Pattinson's character, Thomas Egerton, I think was his name before he revealed his true identity. It was the name of the guy he killed. He was like, um... So, I guess because of the storm, they're not going to come get us tonight. We're going to have to wait till tomorrow or after the storm clears. And Willem Dafoe's character was like, you've been saying that for months. They haven't come for months. So, you're like, oh, shit. If, like, yeah, the whole timeline of the movie, you get thrown off. Yeah, they're, they're like, you know, they were going to wait because it was the end of four weeks. And now you find out it's been months since that four-week end. But you, you, I like how it's in the same perspective as Robert Pattinson. You just don't know. You're like, is that true? Is he lying? Is he manipulating yeah. us? Like, it's yeah, it's really well done in that sense. And I they think. just continuously get drunk. Yeah. And start sharing their like personal thoughts on things and. Yeah. Like I mean, the whole purpose of them getting drunk, I think, was, you know, part of like letting loose and yeah. What else is there to do? Escaping the reality. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the theories because I think, I think the theories are important to understand in order to understand the movie. Yeah. So I'll put that up Um, on the podcast now, put the theories up for our audio listeners. I don't know what article you're using, but, uh, for our audio listeners, we will explain the theories. Uh, so this is an article I was reading the other day on, let's see, it's on cinemablend.com. Uh, the lighthouse ending explained what happened at the end of Robert Pattinson's horror comedy. But I'm going here. Oh, that's a really good image from the movie. Um, let's. I'm gonna just explain. We'll just. You know, I'll read the first theory, then we can discuss it. <laughs> that what? that photo. This one. Of him like looking into the lighthouse, like the light. Yeah. Reminds me so much oh. of the um, Indiana Jones. Oh, the um, melting face. The melting face. Yeah. Like, that's instantly what I thought about when I saw that. Um, all right, I'm going to read this first theory. All right. Theory number one. These are the top three theories, I believe, that people are discussing, by the way. So, theory number one. The lighthouse is a modern retelling of a Greek myth. The first place one may draw from after seeing the lighthouse is through the sub- subtle use of seafaring mythology that is embedded in the DNA of the flick. Co-writer and director Robert Eggers is known for really uh, to really delve into researching his work and the lighthouse is no exception. The filmmaker fil- yeah, the filmmaker told oh, cool. <laughs> filmmaker the filmmaker told Vox that the idea of fable and myth is in the forefront of his process with his partner and brother Max Eggers. The pair heavily looked into life at in the maritime community in the 19th century and here's where they landed with the story. And then we have a quote about that. Um but the main theory, the main reason people are talking about this is especially what's on the podcast right now for the video format is we're seeing the ending shot where Robert Pattinson's character is being basically eaten alive by the seagulls, which is basically what 
William Defoe's character had said would happen to him if if you know with the curse if and he, everything. If he hurt the seagulls, yeah. yeah. And so that apparently, and I'm not well versed in Greek mythology, this is a direct resemblance of the Prometheus and um, Proteus. Proteus, uh, yeah. Uh, Greek myth. Um, so let's see about that. Prometheus is a titan who remembered for who is remembered for being a trickster who would steal fire from the gods and give it back to humanity. After he, his misdeeds, Zeus chained him to a rock and sent an eagle to eat his liver, which is exactly what's happening in the photo, which grow which would grow back overnight for the same torture to resume the next day. Prometheus is the sea god in the lighthouse's Proteus case. Proteus is the sea god. Oh, Proteus, sorry. In the lighthouse's case, William Defoe's character would be the god, and Pattinson holds the role of Prometheus. Once he steals the fire, the energy source of the lighthouse, a similar fate to Prometheus befalls on him. And the image is mistakable, like they said, and it's very true. Um, I, I have no doubt that Robert Eggers was very familiar with this Greek myth when making yeah. this Yeah, and I feel like, before even going into the next ones that this is the most sound theory. Yeah, agreed. Just because it makes so much sense. It really does. Like, Pattinson wants to seek the knowledge of the light. He wants to see the lighthouse. He wants to do that kind of stuff. And, um, Defoe's character is guarding the light. He's like, no, you can't have it. You can't ever go to look up there. That's my thing. Like, this is strictly for me. You have to stay down here and do that stuff. So, it makes perfect sense. Hmm. And I think that this greek myth thing is the the most sound and best theory that we have um i mean even with his even within this photo the way his leg is up and all that it just looks like something out of one of those those greek uh paintings you know yeah it really it really yeah and it makes sense too the whole story about um you know the two of them fighting each other for the light. And what I really like about this movie is at the end, you don't see what's in the light. I mean, you know something's there, but I like how it's probably like, you can't tell if he's screaming because he's so happy he finally made it, or if he's screaming because he can't tell if it was what he was looking for, if it was worth it, you know? Right. Um, and it's really, and also really the, the seagull, uncredited, mm. is solely seagull, by the way. So, yeah. just want to give credit to the acting skills of Soli Siegel. Well, also, um, another detail with the seagull... <laughs> well, another detail in this shot is that the entire movie, the seagull he kills has one eye. And yeah. and who the other person who has one eye in this movie is the head of the previous um, keeper that William Defoe's character killed. And remember so was how, that was that seagull trying to warn? Well, no. Remember how William Defoe's character said that seagulls are the souls of lost um, maritimers, of yeah, yeah. Of lost sailors. So the whole, you know, the whole idea that this seagull is the soul of the previous keeper. Not only does the seagull have one eye like the keeper, but at this ending shot, Robert Pattinson only has one eye left. So right. It's yeah. That's like another little detail that's pretty crazy when I read it online because I did not catch that when watching the movie. Um, so theory two mm. is that Thomas and Ephraim are the same person. Yeah. Um, so Thomas, Willem Dafoe's character, Ephraim, Panson's character. Um, so another theory is that the two main characters in the film are supposed to represent two different sides of the same mind at odds with one another. The movie was inspired by an actual story that involved two lighthouse keepers who both had the same name, 
as revealed in the film, they are both named Thomas after he took the name of the, like you know the guy that happened in the logging thing. Um, as Robert Eggers said, the idea of the pair sharing the same name struck a chord with the writers and decided to make a film about identity, which is also yeah. interesting. So, thinking of the lighthouse in a more metaphorical sense, the two characters in the film could be representative of the push and pull between Freud's ego Freud. and Freud in the brain. Freud. So yeah. this, I mean, isn't this your thing? To, yeah, like, no, you, Freud you, is, is basically the father of um, therapy and psychology. Well, not psychology, more like therapy. Um, psycho-psychology, psycho, psychotherapy. Um, and Freud's big thing is he's a lot of weird stuff that's no longer relevant today, but a lot of stuff that's still very meaningful. And yeah, the idea of the id and the ego and like what I think I remember is like the id is your subconscious mind that is, you know, good is it chooses the right things, but your ego is always seeking pleasure. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to explain, but yeah, I can definitely see this being, you know, I can see Pattinson being the ego and Willem Dafoe's character being the id. Um, and I wouldn't put it past this director to have both these things being inspiration, you know. Um, it's a little hard to ex- harder to explain on the spot, but it's possible. Right. I think it's definitely a theory that could work. Um, yeah, I just I don't. But then it's sort of like okay, so were those two guys actually there at a lighthouse, or is this just something happening in the mind? Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that they both have to be real. Or Ephraim. Um, and the last no, no, one... No, he's saying... He, th- huh? What they're saying is that Ephraim and Thomas, not Thomas Defoe, Thomas Pattinson. Like, yes. the, the two minds and the one, you know, that the whole accident was just in his head, that he's psychotic, basically. Um, but I, I don't know about this theory. Um it's it's a, it's a it's a good one. I just I just think the Greek one yeah. is really solid because of the direct correlations. Um, last one yeah. is or right is this the last yeah. one? There's yeah. not another one. Uh, um, which is the theory? It's a commentary on man's complicated desires. This one is basically. I think this one fits really well as well. You want me to read this one? You can read this one. Okay, so this final theory, wrapping up the analysis of the lighthouse theories, goes hand-in-hand with the other ideas because they both touch on desire. Without mythology and psychoanalysis at play, the A24 movie is still an intriguing image about man's complex desire and how how giving into them out of anger or boredom does not end happily. Um, Yeah, first of all, I think, like, the psychoanalysis... And the grief thing are not like confirmed, but very much highly regarded as basically what's going on here. You know, like I think there is a very deep Freudian psychology root in this movie. I don't know about the whole that you know. I mean, because the whole idea is they're not saying that Egerton Eger. Now why I keep saying Eger, Egerton F Ephraim Ephraim. They're not saying that Ephraim uh-huh. doesn't exist. They're saying that inside his mind. Ephraim and himself are playing two different parts of, like, the Freudian mind, the id and the ego. So, but, um, in terms of this theory about the, uh, 
you know, they explain that the sexual frustration plays a big part in this movie, and it does. Um, Robert Pattinson can be seen as sexually frustrated as images of him and a mermaid together are often depicted, and he and Willem Dafoe's uh, almost kiss during a drunken fight while where they're dancing. Pattinson himself supports this theory, with, and he says, Isn't it really a love story in a ways, where they just don't know what to do with each other? In so many ways, you're thinking how much of the relationship is actually happening. How much of it is Ephraim's, is in Ephraim's head? William, William's character can just be a normal boss, but there's some kind of sub-dom relationship or something where I'm exactly um, exaggerating in my head his dominance over me because I kind of want it in a strange way. It's always It always reads as a very sensual relationship. It wasn't just about a boss and his worker. Also, he's kind of mad as well. I'm pretty conscious of how I wanted the relationship to come across. In a lot of ways, he sort of wanted a dad. Pushing each other's buttons out of the throat of who they are. Yeah. Both guilty. They, they say it's a simple story with existential roots and identity things. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, um, and then I like this this main headline right here. More questions than answers. That's what this movie is. But in a really good way. Uh, yeah, this movie will not give you the pleasure of, like, closure. Yeah. You will be left wondering what what happened. And like, like a lot of the reviews say from critics, it'll... Like after the credits are done, you'll still be thinking about this movie and what has happened, and and you'll be trying to figure it out. So mm. don't don't go into this movie thinking that it's going to be something you're going to understand because you won't. <laughs> so well, I mean, it's not like you won't understand it. You're not going to like walk away confused. You're going to walk away knowing. I mean. You are, but not in a bad way. It's not like a movie where, like, that was a waste of my time. I didn't understand a thing. It was more like, it just leaves you wondering. Not confused, wondering. Wondering what the bigger picture is here. You know, like... Yeah. Because I think it'd be a discredit to say it's just plain plain confusing. Because it's really... It's more like an adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like he's. It's not like the director was like, throw that in there because it'll just confuse everyone. It's great. It's more like this will get people thinking. It's methodic. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like about it. Is like you're thinking yourself while you're watching this. You're like, wait, did that happen? Did that really happen? Has it been that long? You feel like you're with them. You know, you're like, oh, geez, has it been? Has it been <laughs> months? <laughs> has it been? A, and it's actually not yeah. a long. It's an hour and fifty minutes. So it's Ooh. not a bad, terribly long movie. Yeah. Um, so it gives you just enough time. Mm. Um, so do you want to talk about we're coming up on the 30 minute mark do you want to talk about the reviews yeah let's bring up I'm going to bring up right now the uh, let's start with the IMDB the trusted source yes and so the average score out of 193,000 reviews is a 7.4 out of 10 we're going to go look at the breakdown here it's a lot of 7.4 out of 10 movies. We're seeing a lot of 8s and a lot of 7s. I mean, we're seeing 27... The highest score in a category is 27% for 8 out of 10. And then we're still seeing a lot of 10s, a lot of 9s, a lot of 7s, and we start to dip down below almost... It seems below. like this movie ranges from a 7 to a 9. Um, yeah, if we want with, to put it in there, yeah. Um, it's definitely the... Uh, breaking it down... Let's see. That's why I this don't... movie. Interestingly, this movie hit well with people that are under eighteen. Under eighteen. 
But not a lot of reviews there, so, you know, it's kind of... You know, this is weird, because this is a movie I would not think is something that a younger crowd would enjoy. I mean, I guess I just yeah. don't know how many people... I don't really know the demographic of people who are interested in psychological horror. I just didn't I just didn't think, like, it would be people under 18. I figure that's the, Mar- the Marvel Star Wars crowd. <laughs> you know, so... Um, this has a median score of an 8, which... Mm. Which I, I agree, and and the mean is seven point four, which is why we get that. Bet. Um, so I'd say IMDb has a fair rating. Let's move on to Rotten Tomatoes then. The tomato meter is is interesting because it has a ninety percent certified fresh. So critics loved this movie. They ate it up. I'm num num. And the audience score is basically around what IMDb is. Yeah, they're both the so same. Seven point two percent. Um. Critics did love this movie, though. I mean, a lot of people gave this movie fives. Here's a one-star review from Hillary oh, J. It's not even worth looking at those, but okay, it'll be funny. What, what did I just watch? Bad doesn't even begin to describe this film. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's character came right off the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, kept waiting to experience Ron Tomato's 92% huge disappointment. Another one by KCF. No narrative to draw you in, no characters to get behind or even remotely sympathize with, no journey to go on. Such a massive disappointment no after journey the trawling to... the witch. No journey to go on. They just they did they missed the boat, basically. They missed the boat. Listen, like they li- they've been they've been stuck just like them. them. Yeah. <laughs> they've been stuck just like they were. I don't know. I liked when he absolutely destroyed that seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was another hallucination when all the blood was in the water. You know, some people just... Wait, Fuzz Aldrin. I'm curious. Hello. Cur- How's it going? Welcome. <laughs> somebody... I, I um, somebody, so, somebody named Gabagool gave it a five stars and said, Ye fond of me lobster. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good scene. But um, you're fond of me lobster, right? You like my lobster. Say, say you like my lobster. Say you fond of me lobster. Um, he, and then at the end of that scream, uh, his character um, Pattinson's like, "All right, you have it your way. I'm fond of your lobster." Um, that was one of the funny moments. What was I was gonna say? Um, you know how the reason he smashed up the seagull was because he saw like the reservoir where they keep the water, and it was like there was chopped up seagulls in it, and there was blood everywhere. Yeah, I think that was a hallucination. And, like, the water was coming out all dirty and stuff. It was coming yeah. out bloody. I think that was a hallucination. And it was just trying... If you want to talk about, you know, um, spiritual forces here, I want to say that it was probably the seagull tempting him to to do it. Like... Do it. Like, do it. Kill do me. It. You, you won't smash And me. I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was real. Because obviously, if it was real, they'd be like, "Oh shit, we're out of water because there's blood in it." And Willem Dafoe's character would be like, "Oh god, there's blood in the water," you know. So I feel like that was one of the hallucinations, as well as a lot of other things. I think a lot of these one-star reviews, as I'm kind of just scrolling through, people just didn't understand it. Yeah, that's the thing is, if it's like if you're not going to, it's take misunderstood. The, yeah, if you're not going to take the time to try and understand it or like do a little research, it's not for you. You know, there's. Get it, get so it. what what will you rank this movie? I want to hear your score first on this one. You want to hear my score first? I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, I think that this movie gets 
I'm gonna I'm gonna sit it at mm, I'm gonna sit it at an eight. Solid eight. You know what? It's funny you say that. I was gonna say solid eight. <laughs> so it's 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 weird how we agree on some of these things. Well, sometimes we yeah no I mean we've been pretty much in the agreement. The thing is, all of our movies this uh, so far this year have been eights and above. So we gotta watch some. We just watched some. Bad so movies. wait, so Fuzz Aldrin says that the Lighthouse was okay and that his score is average. So what? What's an average score to you on a one to ten scale? Yeah, we were just talking about it. How like to give it a higher score, you just got to be really into the theories of it and really like because this movie is really deep in terms of like Greek mythology and in psychology, and I think that's what really gave us the the reasoning for the higher score here. So I want to know what what Fuzz Aldrin thinks. Yeah, it's like it's like a five out of ten an average score because like sort of, sort of the way that we talk about our ranking. It's just, okay. Six is six six for us is like. What's a six for us? It's like a six for us is like, I think. Well, do didn't you write it down? Well, reminiscence is a five point eight. Um, I forgot where I, I wrote <laughs> it's it. It's a five point eight. <laughs> um, it deserves worse. So it's okay. It's in like, the ranking. Oh yeah, like one, one, two. I think one to three was like don't ever watch it again. Yeah. Four to six was like a one-time watch, yeah. and then seven. Seven to I think seven to eight was like worth like worth multiple watches like it's it's really it's, it's worth another watch and yeah. like yeah so nine and, and tens are like you're getting up into the worth. this is like peaking so I guess that okay um, I mean if you if you thought it was average I I would understand that yeah um, totally. I think for uh, for me personally like giving it an eight is because you have Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Those two guys alone make this movie great. I think the thought behind the practicality of filming it the way that they filmed it, um, I thought the writing was good, and I thought the atmosphere was good. The scoring on it was good. Oh, yeah. Um, well like, it nailed all the parts that it needed. Um, <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. Too artsy, artsy for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't consider myself like a movie snob, but, you know, if... If like if I think it's a good movie, then you know it's. Would I watch this again? I wouldn't personally watch this again. I know Cody would. I would just. But I would. I want to watch it again just to better. Now that I know the Greek mythology theory and all that, I want to watch it just to see. Because apparently you're gonna see a lot. You know, I'll see a lot of detail I didn't see before. And this movie's just really deep and really well thought out. That's why I want to explore it yeah. more time. Because I love and, that and aspect ratio. It just makes it so, I don't know, especially, especially watching it like really late at night. It just There's just something special about it. So I, Imagine I really watching it in, in theaters. Yeah, you know, I like know. Like how, how weird that would have been to watch it oh, on a big that, screen. I wish this would, if this is one of those movies where like, I wish I saw it in theaters. I thought something like Shutter Island is similar to The Lighthouse, but much. Shutter Island. Add that to the list. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Do you want me to put it on the stream? Oh, this has Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Ruffalo, mm. Ben Kingsley. It's from 2010. Mm. Shutter Island. I never heard of this movie. It's two hours and 18 minutes. It's kind of the opposite of The Lighthouse in the sense of like having a, a much higher audience score than a lower critic score. I'll add it. I'll add it yeah, to the list. Yeah, add we'll it to the list. So, would you consider 
The Lighthouse is favorite. Uh, no, I think we can both agree that it's not like a... like a, um, I agree. Like, it's really good. I enjoyed it. It was a great time. I'd recommend it to people who like this genre. It is not on the I- ITM favorites list. To be on the favorites list, uh, Aldrin, you have to be... You, you can't change anything about it. And yeah. it has to be rewatchable. Yeah, you you if 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 it's on our favorites list, it means that we wouldn't want anything changed, and we would watch it over and over. We'd recommend it to people. So, yeah, favorites a favorite basically. And this is a really good movie. We enjoyed it, but it is not on the Into the Movieverse favorites list. Is Fuzz Aldrin the first cat on the moon? Yes, correct. So, do, what do you want to do uh, next episode sixteen? What are we doing? I think. Well, now that he brings up that Shutter Island is similar to The Lighthouse... It'd be a good uh, comparison. Um, it would be a good comparison. So I almost want to watch it next, even though I said I want to watch Good Time. But, I mean, we can still watch Good Time. And, yeah, we, like, we could. I mean... So this is available on Prime, it says. Um, so as long as we have a Prime subscription, I think we are good. I, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not try it? Yeah, I mean... It'd be really good because we can compare it to well, we got Leonardo DiCaprio, and we were big fans of The Revenant. And I don't yeah. think there's any huge movie releases coming soon that we are anticipating doing day of reactions to. Oh, dude. Okay, we gotta talk about Lightyear. <laughs> Is it out now? Lightyear, no. Okay. Are you interested in watching that though? I mean, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's gonna be a bad watch. Honestly, I don't see it being bad. It's a it's a Pixar movie, right? Yeah, but it's, it's Buzz like Lightyear. the origins of Buzz Lightyear, and especially because of the voice actor Chris Evans doing that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm not really into animated Pixar movies. They tend to just. But this looks it looks really good. Yeah, it doesn't so, look like your normal Pixar movie. We got it's really realistic. We got Morbius April first, which and. Yeah, I I really want to see Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I don't know how to pronounce that other guy's name, but Ambulance looks really good. Mm. Um, Skipping Lightyear, yeah, I don't blame you. I'm not a big Pixar person, and I I, I, I like I like Disney. I'm not so gonna I'm go gonna see it be, in theaters. I can tell you that. I'm I'm gonna be over. I'm not gonna be in theaters. I'll wait for it to drop on uh, Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I'll wait for it to drop on Disney. I'm not gonna go and spend money to go watch it in the theater, but I I will watch it because I am a Disney fan. So there's got to be one of us that is into Disney to stay up on those types of trends. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I mean like that's gonna be um yeah. So Aldrin, we also do on our uh, that'll be that'll be like a sixty second yeah, one. We, yeah, we on our YouTube and our Instagram, uh, we post sixty second reviews. So if you want to just see how that turns out or how it's gonna how it is, Luca's probably gonna end up doing a sixty second review on it. Um, but yeah, sure. Maybe I'll do a little, like two parts of it if it's really good. But either than that, I'll probably just briefly talk about it. Yeah, we got Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I also like that series. It's a really good series. You um, enjoy that. <laughs> that's April fifteenth. April twenty yeah. second is when The Northman comes out. I am uh, now after watching Lighthouse. Oh, I'm interested. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Have you seen that trailer for with Nicolas Cage? It's like basically just talking about him. It's a it's it's a Nicolas Cage movie. They miss they still make yes. those. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be good, I think. I think it's gonna be good. A good Nicolas Cage movie? 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his movies are always, like, fun to watch, but they're not um, really highly rated. May, we're getting Multiverse of Madness. Oh, well, that's... that's uh, be, let's uh, see, what else is interesting here? I don't think either of us are going to skip Gun that Gun Maverick is coming out May yes. 27th. Uh, finally, how many times has that been delayed? I'm excited for that one. Um, Top Gun is such a good movie. And then you're getting, in June 10th, another Jurassic World movie. I'm not going to... That, that'll put me to sleep. Yeah, they just kind of copy and paste those. Uh, and then Lightyear is coming on June as well. July got Minions: The Rise of Gru. Definitely see that on a sixty second. July eighth, <laughs> you got Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Bullet Train. I want to see Bullet Train. I heard that was wait. Is good. that is that the Brad Pitt movie? Yes, that I I actually saw like a really bad ad for that, and it looked like <laughs> it looked like like a like a ripoff like fan fiction movie, and I was like, what is going on? Like a fan film, and I was like, it this actually doesn't. It looks bad, but in a good way. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a lot of good stuff coming out, and that October you got October you got Spider Man Across the Spider Verse Part One. That gives us a good like spacing to also do some classics and some request movies yeah you know since there's dude not, december not december we december 16th avatar 2 I, this year you, this year uh, it's been so be, long that would, that would be a great way to close out the year because i've heard a lot of good things about avatar 2 well it doesn't exist yet what do you mean it doesn't exist yet? There's no trailers for it. How can you know there's anything good about it? I, I saw something on social media. Oh, of where course somebody was did. like, I saw an early showing of it, and or like a clip or something, and they were saying it was like super emotional and all this stuff. So I can't wait to see the graphical improvement because that was one of the first times. I think that was the first time a movie was ever shot full mocap, full CGI. There's almost nothing real about that movie, yet they managed nothing to pull it off. So, it looked amazing. Yeah, but for its time. So, like, now it looks eh, but, dude, can you imagine what it looks like now? So It's going to be so good. Yeah, I, I really hope... I'm just worried about the story direction. Like, I wonder what they're doing. Um, it's so weird it took so long to get a sequel. Well, now, now, now they're... Well, think about how much time they spent. Like, it's going to be have to be done full CG again. And it has to be better than the last time. Well, yeah, but now I'm saying like that full CG isn't as difficult as it was then. The technology is so much better. So, yeah, but if they put something out that is going to be this on par with Avatar, then you know, I don't know. No, no, it's going to be. Better. I think this time around, it like so now you kind of have those two people like morphed into those bodies, um, and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be. They're probably going to be, I don't know, saving their planet from something or I don't know, building back up. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, is the, is the original cast going to be? We'll, we'll find out. But I'm. Yeah, I mean, it a, has that's Those guys trailer. are still alive, right? I guess. We, we don't know how long it's been. It's probably been. what is How long has it been since that movie? 10 years? <laughs> I think so. So it's probably been that long in that universe as well. The, you know, they could do a time jump. I, we'll see when it comes out. But I think that's pretty much it for today. All right, so for next next for uh, episode 16, we'll take Fuzz Aldrin's recommendation here and do a comparison between Shutter Island and The Lighthouse because I think that would be a good comparison. Yeah. Well, lastly, this movie, we have rated it. 
An 8 out of 10. Yes, the lighthouse. Just to recap, it is not a favorite, but we recommend that you should watch it at least once. I'm going to say a second time. Go for a second time. Go for a second time if you don't understand it the first time. But, like, in a good way. After reading theories. We discussed it. Yeah. Go watch this movie. It's worth a watch. Make sure to subscribe so you can see all our other reviews. And also, on our social medias, we have 60-second reviews for movies that don't make a full episode.